they? Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? No, they can't. Touchdown. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Haskins spreading out, sets up deep. Over the middle. Touchdown, Buckeyes. Fields has time. Watches downfield. It's Olave. He's got a touchdown. Ohio State. What's up, guys? Welcome to the all-important climactic edition of the QB Draw, the Michigan preview edition. I, I shouldn't even say that word. I'm a bad Buckeyes fan. But uh, <laughs> it's closing in after, let's be honest, a calendar year's wait. We're finally back at the precipice. Um, this is what it all comes down to. I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I was never this type of uh, Buckeye fan. And uh, it's honestly because we never lost to them. But uh, this, this means more to me than any national championship hopes. Um, and I used to, I used to like not understand at all people like that because Michigan beating them was just taken for granted. And after last year, it's not. And, uh, I, I'm feeling good about the Buckeyes chances, but they still got to go out there and win the game. Um, I'm joined by John as always. And then after this brief introduction, we will have uh, a bunch of returning guests, alumnus of the podcast. Uh, first, we'll have Colton Denning, and then a double segment with Rob and Jack, uh, aka J Ram, not the goat, and uh, Tuesday Max, and then a final sen- uh, segment with uh, Zach, aka Osama bin Davo. Um, just we we got some great usernames in there, folks. We we are uh, normal guys, you know. Um, <laughs> very, very normal people. How you doing, man? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm good. You know, like it's the one year anniversary of the pod starting, so uh, very very good. Glad to have uh, some of our old and uh, most esteemed guests joining us for the for the big game preview. Um, yeah, I think there's a renewed sense of like I don't know, like if they go out and take care of business and win, like it'll feel cool again. You know, like you know, whereas like uh in years past you know you win by a score and it, it and it kind of feels like kissing your sister you know and it, it just doesn't feel that great and and now um if there's any win of any sort it's gonna feel like a feel feel beautiful and um yeah so that's 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 kind of this this episode it's gonna be a fun episode i think for our listeners uh a real treat for you guys who've, who've uh put put the time in throughout the season and listen Talk to some us. really um really really uh stretch for content episodes but this one we have initial content uh to recap last week um ohio state wins on the weekend 43 to 30 uh at maryland uh kind of uh i wouldn't say a a game that anybody is too proud of outside of dallin hayden um but you know all in all uh you know you're you're 11 and 0 and you're in the uh you're in the in the big game you've got your one game playoff essentially right like uh if you win this one you're pretty close to to punching a ticket to the uh to the I'd say it's guaranteed they could lose to Iowa and Indiana I think they'd still easily yeah I think I I, I don't I don't want to talk about losing Iowa (laughs) Yeah, 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 right, right. Uh, yeah, in Iowa. I'm not watching the playoff. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. but yeah, I mean, with but that said, like there is seem seeming like now like increased reason to win the game, right? Like with USC showing signs of life, I don't know if there is a path to have two uh, Big Ten teams. And it would need and- Clemson. They would need two of Clemson, TCU, and USC to lose. To lose and that's that's a that's asking a lot right um so yeah i mean it, it, but i don't know if i necessarily want to go to the playoff if you if you lose that game so you know um but yeah so but all in all should be a good episode really glad you guys are listening and uh we will yep. uh we'll chat at the end to give you our picks yep first uh first segment with colton denon coming right up uh see you guys after for our first guest segment here, uh, John had a little bit of load management tonight, um, so it's just me, and our first guest is Colton Denning, who we've had on the show before, uh, multiple times actually. Uh, great guest, great follow on Twitter and YouTube with the highlights and his own podcast. Uh, Colton, how you doing? 
I'm good, man. I'm I'm a little scared being the first one up. I'm the first one that's gonna look like an idiot. Hopefully not, but we'll see. But man, I'm. It almost doesn't feel real that the game is here this week, and maybe that doesn't make sense because like they literally played last year. But I don't think people are talking enough that like this is the first time in four years that it's been in Columbus, and it feels different. And I'm. I don't know how long this week is going to take because it feels like it's going to take forever and it's only Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a junior in high school the last time, um, the last time they played in Columbus and I can now buy alcohol legally. So uh, if that, I don't know if that's a great time scale that will make sense to everyone, but that's just sort of how I've been thinking of it. Um, And it's very, very strange. Um, I, I will never get, how Michigan got the two years in a row after they were the ones that forfeited, especially uh, in 2020, that will never make sense to me. Um, That's one that I I think I'm just going to have to learn to let go. I don't get how they got two home games in a row. I'll never get it, but uh, it is finally back in Columbus. And as someone who has been waiting for this game, literally uh, almost a year since last year's game, I am like, I am also feeling that anxiety about how long the week is going to last, but also it's nice to just finally be like, okay, we don't have to play Maryland or Indiana or Rutgers or anyone else. Like the next game Ohio State plays the next Saturday is finally the Michigan game. It is nice knowing that. Yeah, no, it's, that's what's so great about it is that like it's, it's here and you were probably way too young to really be able to appreciate what 2006 was like and I mean I was I was young too I was I was 16 years old so I was in it but I can't appreciate it as much as I do now as a a grown adult and so I feel like it's going to be kind of a lot how uh that week was even though like that year it felt like that was leading up that was just building the whole season and this week is kind of a little bit less than that but it's you know two 11 and 0 teams and honestly man I don't I don't think that there's anything we're going to see on Saturday, no matter how the game goes, that anybody can be like, oh, that's a surprise. I feel like whatever happens, it's going to be like, okay, yeah, that that made a lot of sense. I don't think that there's a lot of shades of gray involved in this one. It's very black and white to me. No, I and people have been talking about Ryan Day saving things for Michigan, obviously. Um, I I think there'll be a play call, uh, a few play calls in there that will. He'll he ha- he has in his bag of tricks, I, but I don't think anyone expecting it to be a radically different offense. Um, I don't think it's going to be that, and I don't think it needs to. Be. I think they've, I think they have managed to, uh, with Dallin Hayden, who first of all is healthy and second of all just seems to be the hot hand in terms of vision. I think they found something that worked consistently in the run game with him. Um, their bread and butter plays the stretch zone to the boundary. Um, it's working again, um, and I, I think they're just sort of going to stick with their stuff um, with a few extra wrinkles. And then defensively, I'm sure Jim Knowles has a blitz or two, but really it's all about, you know, it, it it's the simplest form of football and that it comes down to stopping that Michigan running attack. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and that's where I think that's what we're going to see right from the jump. I don't, I don't think Michigan is coming in here like – trying to do anything crazy they are yeah especially after how last year went like and i i feel like that that kind of idea is still proliferating around michigan and around all of college football and rightfully so like until these guys can prove that they can handle somebody just trying to hammer them and sledgehammer them with the run game we're going to do it and i think that's what michigan's strategy is going to be and maybe that varies a little bit depending on the status of Blake Corum, but I, I also think that Jim Harbaugh has done a really good job of uh, keeping the heat off of Shea Patterson and being able to kind of instill a that confidence. That is a perfect of, for, you, for you and slip. That is the all-time uh, <laughs> JJ McCarthy, not Shea Patterson, but that's they are the same. Oh, did I? Did I did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think that that's kind of apt because that's kind they of are like the was. same guy. Like they really they are. Really, they really are. Yeah. And I think that the like they're both pretty athletic too. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that he's done a good job of being like, oh no, he's 
he's at JJ's actually playing really well, but there's going to be, I think, a point in this game where he's going to have to make a couple of plays that he hasn't shown a ton that he can be able to make. But other than that, man, Michigan is going to pound the rock until Ohio State proves that they can stop it. And I think, you know, at the very least, we can all feel more confident in Ohio State's response to that than we were last year. Are they going to get gashed for some run? For, for some big runs? Probably. Like, especially if Coram's playing, like, that, that's just what they do. But I, I think that this defense is much more well-equipped to be able to limit the damage than they were last year. Yeah, and that's really where a lot of my confidence about this game comes in. I think Ohio State has clear weaknesses. I don't know if they're fatal flaws in terms of national title race. That's yet to be seen. I think the clear weakness of the defense is the corners and the uh, pass defense in general. But I don't believe that Michigan has the wide receivers or the quarterback to really exploit that. And if I'm wrong, you know, whatever, I'm wrong. They haven't shown the ability to exploit anything really in the downfield passing game all season. Um, they they really like to throw to their running backs and tight ends. Um, we'll see if Shoemaker plays. I think Eric All is out for the season. Um, Donovan Edwards, he was out against Illinois. I'm assuming he'll play against, uh, play against us. He's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. And then, yeah, Blake Corum. Um, I, I'm fairly... I feel like this is a clear situation of, yeah, he's going to play. The question is just how, like, yeah. w- what his, like, how close to Blake Corum is he? Like, I think we've seen this movie, like, plenty of times in college football. Like, Justin Fields in the national championship game in 2020, for example. It's like, he's going to play. Like, he would, like, give his leg to play. Like, this is a game that you're not going to keep him out of because it's not – it's not a, it's not an injury from what I think people for, based on the fact that he came back to the game and they don't think there's any structural damage and that he was, you know, walking around at a NIL thing today uh, for, for charity. This is one of those injuries where it's not great, but um, it's one where he will play on and it's just hard to tell how close to 100% he is until he gets into that game action. I'm not trying to Twitter doctor here. I just feel like I have like, I feel like this happens a lot in college football. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that like we, we tend to focus on the linebackers because they were just so bad last year, but Mm -hmm. like we saw in the Maryland game uh, where Ohio state's defense is really kind of subtly improved in the run game is the guys behind them, like Lathan ransom. He was Mm -hmm. awesome. He probably saved the touchdown yesterday. I went back and, uh, watched the Notre Dame game from the the season opener. And there was a play kind of exactly the same where whoever the Notre Dame running back was kind of bursted through the line and the linebackers kind of tackled him, but he could have stayed up and Lathan Ransom right there. So it's, it's all about stopping those uh, plays that should be three yard gains and making sure that they don't go for 12 or for 15. And that's where this defense has been so much better. And if they, if a team has to go 12 plays to get three or get seven, that just means more time for JT Tuimaloau, Zach Harrison, the rest of that defensive line to try to make plays. And that's where I think Ohio State, Ohio State's defense can kind of make their mark in this game. The back end last year was less than ideal tackling wise, even more so that I think than their past game issues. Like I went back and watched the, the highlights from this game last year because um, I don't know. I felt like seeing what went wrong for for a second time. And a lot of it was Bryson Shaw or another safety taking really, really bad angles, like really bad angles. Um, And while while they weren't great plays from the front seven, they could have been cleaned up by the safeties. Um, And and I think that's a big difference. I don't think this defense is spectacular. I think they have a really strong defensive line. Um, and a strong pass rush, but, uh, I don't think it's like one of the greatest Ohio State defenses ever, but I think they just are fundamentally sound, especially in the run game. Yeah, they're, they're good enough. And really that's kind of what we've talked about from the end of last year. If this defense can be good enough, it's going to be able to put the offense in advantageous positions. And I agree with what you said earlier. Like, I don't think Jim Knowles has just been saving 
you know, a myriad of different looks to be able to throw at Michigan just for this game. But I also think we're going to see, you know, he's brought out those double A gap blitzes. He kind of held them after the Notre Dame game, but they've used them in key spots. We're definitely going to see that. Uh, and we're, we're probably going to see some stuff that we haven't seen that's just thrown out there, you know, just out of the blue where we're like, oh, damn. So they really have been saving some stuff. So I don't think it'll be super wild, but yeah, they, they need to have guys to support that defensive line, to support Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. And if they're able to not get gashed on those plays and get Michigan in third and seven, third and eight, like, I mean, that's true for any football game. But if, if you have a whole game of uh, Tumaloa and Zach Harrison and the rest of that defensive line, knowing that they're in a passing situation, it's probably going to be a pretty good day for us. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Zach Harrison. He has really come into his own this year. I don't yeah. think he will ever be the ace pass rusher that we all wanted him to be um, coming out uh, from Olentangy Orange, but I don't think he has to be. Um, he is a like just a rock-solid run defender, like everything you could want from an end in that sense, and he has his moments in the pass rush uh, like we saw at the end of the game. And it, like, you know, it was unlikely Maryland had, what, no timeouts, 40 seconds, you probably don't think they're going to get in for a touchdown, but it's not like a, it's not like a pure hail Mary. Like they had a real chance to go and win that game. And he just comes out in the first play and basically ends it. Um, And so he's going to have his moments there and opposite from just a twitchy, just JT to him allows first step is ridiculous. And some of that I think is him timing, but some of that I think is just his natural athleticism. That's a really Nice pairing, I think, on the defensive end. I think it, they complement each other well. Um, and then the tackle rotation, I think Ty Hamilton has been solid. Um, Mike Hall has had a mystery injury, but I haven't seen the snap counts. It seemed like he was out there more against Maryland. Uh, Teron Vincent has been a great uh, block eater uh, from my eye for most of the season. And then Tyleek Ty Williams, who knows, but I think he's been good when he's been in. And I think that's a solid four rotation. Um, so I, I'm pretty comfortable with the D-line going into this game against a great run block uh, Michigan offensive line. Yeah, and I think we've uh, we pretty much hit on everything with the defense, right? Like that's, to me, if, if they do those things well, they're going to have a great chance to win. If they don't, then they're probably going to have to score a lot of points. And, mm-hmm. you know, conversely, and you brought up, uh, you know, switching to the, to the offense real quick uh Dallin Hayden and what he was able to do against Maryland was so huge and I don't think it's in the sense of like they don't need Dallin Hayden to average six yards carry and to go for 178 yards against Michigan and to have this like all-time legendary performance he's the next superstar Ohio State runner no they that would be awesome but they don't need that what they need is what they got against Maryland where instead of kind of how it's been for most of the season or at least the back half of the season where the offense tries to run on first down and oh shit it's second and 12 oh it's second and nine they need second and six they need second and Mm -hmm. five and that's where he was so great against Maryland is like being a great running back yeah you want to hit those home runs but you also just want to be successful on a down-to-down basis and that's even with Mayan Williams they've they they've been very inconsistent with that and you know, Mayan Williams gets a lot of praise for, you know, being bowling ball and he's the dude that's hard to tackle, but he also dances a little bit. Whereas Dallin Hayden and kind of, we, we know when we saw what Travion Henderson has been. And I think that this year is just kind of a wash. And it's like his 20, it's away. like the JK Dobbins 2018. Like, like, yeah, uh, yeah it, 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 it has that feeling to it. And also he's been hurt. Like, I don't know it. I don't know if like, the foot is causing him to not be able to like cut up field fast, or if he's just hesitant to go into traffic with, with that, who knows? Um, I think, I think there was that one egregious play in Maryland where he had a really sizable hole and then just bounced outside. Just cut it outside. For, yeah. It, and that was the moment everyone was like, okay, whatever is going on and who knows what it is for certain, but it's just not working right now with Trey, which is unfortunate. He's really struggled with injuries. I still think he has a monstrously high ceiling um, and I'm excited to see him next year. But I think Dallin Hayden's sort of the perfect back for this offense because the passing game is the 
is so like the ceiling is so high on the passing game and we've seen that in spurts um with marvin harrison and cj stroud and the other pieces they have mecca buka by the way great on saturday after he sort of like faded awesome. to the uh afterthought like mecca buka was fantastic on saturday against maryland um like you just need the back who's gonna find the hole find the crease and maybe he doesn't have the home run hitting potential of Travion Henderson or even mine millions. But if he's going to get you six yards on first down, like you can't stop this offense once they get second and four, like, or even like second and two, like you have no chance because they, they are going to try to take you deep. Um, and, and I just don't think Michigan can hold up to that. If Ohio state is uh, staying ahead of the chains, like and I just why don't it was think so big. It was so big because uh, I think in a very subtle way, imagine that Ohio State goes out on Saturday and they blow out Maryland, but Dallin Hayden has the exact same stats. And we go into next week with Travion Henderson kind of hurt, Mayan Williams, we don't know what his status is. What's the trust level for Ryan Day for Dallin Hayden against Michigan? Probably where it's been all season where it's like, hey, man, if we're up three touchdowns, uh, you can come in. If not, then like maybe on a third down. This time, though, he proved he could do it in a close game and they were giving him the ball like he was closing. They're like, hey, man, close out this game. Go score this touchdown. Get these hard yards. And so now for me, that gives me faith that like even if Williams is able to go and even if Henderson is able to go. Day seems like he's very much like a you have to earn my trust in game time, in game situations. You got to be an upperclassman to do that if you're not like and Dallin Hayden was able to do that. And so I, I think that that's kind of where the big the subtle little key to me is, is that Hayden proved he could do it in a tight situation. And hopefully that means that Day will trust him on Saturday, because I think, you know, through one one big game in one spot where they needed it he he's earned that trust yeah yeah no i i agree with all that and just one quick like i'm not comparing them to these guys because they sort of in stature are like college football uh icons in their own rights for their respective programs but he does sort of remind me of that like jk dobbins like quorum mold of player where he is one cut getting the whole quick bursting through it and, and it's just sort of slippery and he falls forward, and he just is a very efficient running back, I think, by nature. Um, yeah. And, you know, those guys don't have, like, the really, like, top-end speed or um, like that, but they, they just – they find ways to get it done from that position. Um, and who knows how his career goes, but he's been – I mean, this is why, like, I, I tweeted something to this effect, not to go all Ari Washerman, but this is, like – why recruiting at that high level matters so much like yeah Ohio State's running back room has been completely obliterated by injuries like Evan Pryor Travion Henderson Mayan Williams and then to just have a guy as talented as Dallin Hayden just sort of waiting in the wings as a true freshman like that's what puts Ohio State as a program on another level for most of the Big Ten like even like even Michigan, like who is probably second in terms of like program structure and recruiting in the Big Ten, like they don't have a guy behind. If Blake Quorum is not himself, like I just can't see their offense functioning at a at a high enough level to win this game. No, I completely agree, and I think that, like you said, and, and Ohio State lost the Bolitnikov favorite on the first drive of the season. Like it's just it's absurd. Like just how well they fill in gaps and we haven't even talked about that like is is jackson smith and jigger and jigba gonna play like that's that's a whole other question did do they need him to play is a whole other question does that upset the balance of the offense like there's so many other wild cards in here i think he's such a smooth instinctive player that uh, like i it's not like inserting like yeah if he can play he should play yeah it's not like putting like a uh Damian Lillard or James Harden like he's not going to steal touches from guys like that's a weird comparison but I don't see him as a guy who like disrupts the flow of an offense um but yeah uh I think is there anything else you want to say before you get to your score pick yeah just one the key for me and I think the guy who's going to be 
the wild card, and maybe this is just me hoping against hope because I want to see him play more. But Xavier Johnson, we talked about it after the Notre Dame game. We've seen it at different points this season. Uh, whenever they need a play or the ball comes to him, he just makes a play. And even on kickoff, like we've seen him make tackles on kickoff. He is the type of player that, and I know he's a senior, like, so it, it isn't a one-to-one comparison, but I'm reminded of Chris Olave in that uh, in the 2018 game where he had the two touchdowns. And that was the moment he established himself as like, oh, he's a Michigan killer. He's the guy in big games. Xavier Johnson, to me, is going to make one play, even if it's just one. That one play is going to be so devastating to Michigan, and that's the play that we're going to look back in five, ten years from now and be like, that was the Xavier Johnson game, even though it was one play. He just seems like he has that – he fits that type of mold as an X factor to be the dude who makes some sort of play, blocks a punt, forces a fumble on a kickoff return, whatever. He affects the game in some huge way in the small part he plays in it that we look back and we're like, he changed the whole dynamic of that game. Yeah, I would be giddy if Xavier Johnson makes a big play. I, I love that guy. I think he, I, I, and I don't think it's like a, I don't think he's just like a feel good walk on story type guy. I think he's legitimately very talented. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, do you have a score pick? Yes, I do. I think, you know, I feel pretty comfortable and confident on a Sunday. So this is definitely subject to change. And I, I think that there's a good chance that, you know, the Michigan can win this game. They're good enough. And oh, yeah. clearly, no, I, I, yeah. they've exploited Ohio state's weaknesses before. So like if anybody can beat them, it's them. And Ohio state has to prove that they can handle that sledgehammer that Michigan is going to bring. But I do feel like the improvements they've made on defense and the stuff we talked about in the run game, both offensively, and defensively are going to show up. And if the run game is able to get into those second and fives and get the offense to a point where they don't just have to bail themselves out with a one-handed Marvin Harrison catch on every single third down, then they're going to be in a pretty great place. And I think that uh, like the one other X factor is just the crowd. That crowd is going to be out for blood. That place is going to be crazy. They've been waiting four years for this. And I think that all adds up to an Ohio state win. And I'll say, 37 to 17, because I do think that JJ McCarthy, not Shea Patterson, is going to have to throw <laughs> the ball. And I don't think that that's going to go well. You're going to see that pass rush get home. They're going to make a big play. And uh, yeah, I think the Bucks take it home 37 to 17. Yeah. All right. Great. Thanks, Colton. Uh, he is the same guy as Shea Patterson. Um, they, <laughs> yeah. I, that, I, I like, laughed in my mind when you said that i was like that's fantastic but uh thank you colton for joining us uh at dubsco on twitter while that is still exists and uh we will see you back here for our next segment what's up guys back here with our second segment john's able to join us along with special guests jack and rob uh i'll let them introduce themselves in a second reintroduce themselves i should say um we got one more after this with uh zach um Colton, obviously last, and uh, Jack, Rob, first of all, how are you guys doing? Uh, plug your stuff. And second of all, did uh, did the Maryland game shift your opinion of this game against Michigan uh, on Saturday at all? Rob, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'm Robert, uh, a.k.a. JRAM, not the GOAT on Twitter. And um, now the, the Maryland game didn't really shift my opinion uh, for what I think is going to happen in the game on Saturday because – you know, I think Maryland, I mean, I'm going to say it right now, Maryland, I think, has better receivers. They have a better quarterback. They might even have a better tight end. That 19 was tough if uh, Shoemaker can't go. So they have they have better skill players. You know, they and they called a whale of a game. They called a lot of misdirection. They called the whole playbook. You know, uh, Loxley threw the book at us. And, you know, I think they, they played still fairly well. And I don't think in some points their offense put them in good positions with the three and outs and, uh, Mirko had a horrible game punting, I thought. And um, so, no, because, uh, you know, and it's it's the game before, you know, uh, when I went uh, in 2018, I didn't think even when they went into double overtime with Maryland and won by because the kid missed the guy in the end zone on a two point conversion. I didn't think that Ohio State was going to go go at home and, and get smoked or anything like that. So 
No, I don't think the Maryland game really changed anything. It, they're st- they still have the, some of the same issues that they had before the Maryland game, but they found something in Hayden, which gives me maybe even more confidence if Trey had an okay game and they didn't really go to Dallin. So that's just what I think. Uh, don't off him. I'm Jack, uh, known as Tuesday Maction on Twitter. That may may stir up some feelings and some people that won't listen to this, but uh, we briefly got free Tuesday Maction going last week, so that was fun. But same thing Rob was saying, no. Um, I think he, he laid it out perfectly. I mean, Maryland's got Rack Jarrett, who's going to be a pro, Dante Demas, you could probably say the same, and Talia, who for my money is the second best QB in the conference. He can actually throw the ball. I mean, he can move a little bit, so that's similar to McCarthy. Unlike but- – uh... Uh, he who I'm shall like, not be named. We'll we'll yeah, talk about yeah. that in a minute. I, I you're stealing my thunder here, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I I I think that was a great uh, way to lay it out. Like I think from a matchup perspective, you're looking from things from the other side, right? Like you're looking at two games that like both teams could effectively look at themselves and say, "Oh, we learned nothing from that," right? Like, right. like Illinois, like the way that they play, like that ain't going to be Ohio state. I mean, if, if Ohio state comes out and can run the ball, uh, like, like chase Brown did it in spurts, like it, it might be over like Rover, but, um, man, like Maryland, like when you're hitting open, when you got a quarterback that can hit, you know, receivers that are covered, let alone, uh, open. I mean, his one throw, uh, on McAllister was incredible. You know, I mean, he threw it far side of the field over the shoulder. I mean, I don't think McCarthy hasn't hit a pass over the middle in a month, let alone make that throw, you know, and you have to be able to make those throws and, you know, and Michigan hasn't all year or and especially not the last four or five games. So I was, uh, I was, it's actually like interesting. Cause like I was watching the Illinois game and like their last drive while, well after they're in field goal range, they kept like trying to force passes. And like, he had one that was like a clear drop that they called a catch. He had the pass before the kick that uh, they ended up attempting get batted down at the line. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the game, Harbaugh has this like shit eating grin on his face. And he's like that the, the world is now seeing how good JJ McCarthy is. But I'm like, there must be two JJ McCarthy's if I if if that's how good. Like, I mean, you miss Loveland wide open for a touchdown. It was it was the man the fourth down over yeah, the, the right sideline. Actually, um, twice Loveland he missed him. It, the, it, the fourth yeah, down I mean, overthrow on the right sideline. That one maybe it wasn't fourth down, but that one was ugly. Oh man, there was yeah, it was a third down one where it was just yeah they they had that forced into a forced into a kick, and like I mean whatever you're 11 and 0 you're going into the game like that's great stuff like I don't know I just I feel like it's just a it's it's an interesting it's a dichotomy approach right like we've sat on this podcast for now two years two seasons or the end of last season and this season and we have had like largely like games that Ohio State by by and large played really well we've always had some some negatives to take away and I, I don't feel like general in general like the the Michigan folks are looking for negatives and like I mean it's it's great that they won without Blake Corum but like if he can't go on Saturday or if he's 75 percent to go on Saturday like it it's not going to be like beating in, in Illinois you know like you can't like well, yeah and and what I saw from what I saw from that 41, I think his name is Cash or Dash. Gash, I don't really yeah. remember. God, he he just didn't look. I mean, he's going to be their second guy probably on Saturday. With, with, I think it's Stokes. And um, because I don't know about Edwards either. He hasn't played in two weeks. And he was dressed and just standing on the sideline. So, you know, even if he does play Edwards, he's not going to be 100% either. They're kind of almost in the same situation as our running backs are, but our offense isn't as reliant on one guy as theirs is or two guys as theirs is. And um, and, and I saw less from their backup two guys than I have, than I did from, you know, Dallin Hayden took the game and won it. Yeah, let's let's go into Dallin Hayden. I think this is a good point to talk about him and like what a performance that was. I mean, he had shown 
bits and pieces and like i would love to go back into the annals of the pod and uh talk all about uh the freshmen that we expected to see stuff from and Dallin Hayden would have been probably pretty low on that list, right? Yeah, like, I, would... I think all of us said a defense – when we did that pod earlier in the summer, I think all of us said defensive guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I, mean, I think I said Hicks or something. Or, or We Styles. all had Hicks. We, we all wanted to see Styles. We all wanted to see the D-line. But Dallin Hayden's been – he's been phenomenal. And what he does is he gives a different speed to what they do. First of all, he's lightning fast. But he's also, like, really – plays well I think with like Dewan Jones and some oversized guys because he can kind of hide behind them a little he bit. He makes himself thin. He, yep. he makes himself yeah. small well. Which neither Mayan nor Trey can do. Um no that's that's one of, I would say a big criticism of Mayan for me, even though I love the way he runs and he and him and Hayden are both better downhill runners than Trey is. Um he kind of he runs he's way too up and down. He's yep. way too, you know, his head is straight up sometimes. And I think that leads to him not being able to break tackles or or not be able to get like that extra yard. I mean, not yard, like that extra burst of a few yards or maybe even a big gain because he gets tripped up because he's so high. Well, I think too, like I think both both offensive lines, both ours and Michigan's, like both leave a little to desire at times with the run blocking, right? And I think you saw well, yeah, that. And then, in, in yeah, Illinois. I saw it in the Illinois game. You know, they did not yeah. get some short yardage plays. They got stopped on fourth down. They got stopped. And I was a couple told, times you know, I was told all along that that was a uh, that was a toughness thing, right? Like, um, you know, yeah, you, what, what, is what is this? What is we can't convert can't convert uh, third and three on the ground. You're, yeah, it's 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 toughness. It's it's emblematic of a, of a failing program. So uh, I guess what, we'll have this Saturday. Why doesn't um, Biff Poggy have more to do with these guys' mental toughness? Yeah, I mean, I'm being honest. If Blake Corum was mentally tough yeah. as they think he is, he's not going out with injury. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah he's at least not fumbling him. the ball. You know, he's at least not fumbling. That was that was one of the worst fumbles <laughs> I think I've seen. Like it just he put the ball out and just gave up on it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see. I mean, there's that quote that's out there, and we'll do our best not to try and amplify it if you haven't seen it, but there's a quote out there from a Michigan player, and this could all be tongue-in-cheek and and who the hell knows, but where he said, like, we're going to have to learn how to play without him, and, um, you know, maybe that's a future-looking thing, right, because Blake Corum's not going to be back, you know. Uh, And I thought the press conferences were interesting today because Harbaugh spent the entire time, like, trying to be really – praising of all he was a pussy he was being yeah he was he was really fucking like oh yeah you know that quotes that's old news and uh we're playing we're both superheroes like dude you just spent you spent all that time after the game being such an asshole about this and now like why does why is he trying to talk like this well what does he know does he know you know does he know? You know, why is he talking like that? Well, that was the thing. Like, the, you know, that's why it bothered me. His comments kind of after the game where he's like trying to like spin this web that like, oh, wow. You know, J.J. McCarthy is now all of a sudden like prime Peyton Manning in the passing game. And like, but then like that does not pair with his comments, you know, after the like, again, if you're going to go all in on this, like being you know being mr confident and mr you know like oh this is the rivalry this is you know we hate that team and like because in all honesty that's a pretty like the born on third base quote like that's a pretty personal thing to say about a person you're basically saying like you you just took what someone else started and and built off the back of that even though i always found that ironic because after, before last year, before beating Ohio State, before, you know, winning the Big Ten, his best season was with Brady Hoke's players. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Right. Like, his best like, season fuck was off, what? Like, fuck off, dude. The, Seriously. Yeah. The 2016. You're so full, like, your, your head is so far up your own fucking ass that you, you don't have the self-awareness to not say that when your second best – when they went – I think they won 11 games like, that year, too. You had Jabril Peppers was your best player. That was a Hoke recruit. They were all Hoke recruits. Right. You And Mostly. then you also go into the grand scheme of things, right? And you're looking at Jim Harbaugh, whose father was a prof- or was, was a high-up college Football coach. Football royalty. Football royalty. 
he goes and plays in the NFL, stops playing in the NFL. And he sucked, by the way. He was not good. Just handed a job, like, immediately. And, like, yeah. And then he goes in the NFL and has an NFL career. And then all the, or he goes to Stanford, has a Stanford career, goes to the NFL, and then he just picks this this Michigan job. And it's, like, it's not like, you know, he's exactly a, a – a, and do you think if he wasn't a legacy guy, a Michigan man, that he would have had the leash? Yeah, you know, if, with if, losing to Ohio State, but he was Harbaugh. You know, people knew him. He well, was a I brand. Think, he was a face. I think of lesser known guys. Maybe a guy hired out of the MAC would have been fired after 2020. I think COVID ultimately kind of saved him because if you've got two years, or you know, 2019 wasn't a great year for them. 2020 was a bad year for them. And if you've got boosters that have money to throw around and that aren't dealing with like a, a global recession, right. Or global yeah. pandemic, like you can all of a sudden, you know, make a move there. And but then you know, he had his best year and he had his foot out the door anyway. Mm-hmm. He I'm wanted to leave so bad. I'm good. And I, that, he, so, yeah. I, I don't know how much longer, you know, how much long again like it the i always talk about the timing of it was so bad because it was the day that the um it was signing day wasn't it <laughs> it was the day that the lawsuit dropped too from uh from um the the, the former dolphins head coach was it brian flores yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah 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 and they had to like that was the first day that everybody had eyeballs on it right and they leak as he's like on his plane, like as the the scoops getting dropped, that like, hey, he's on his way to sign with the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Um, you know, this is going great. You know, as he's on his way there, at least the guy they had brought in a black candidate, and he had interviewed for like nine hours or something like that. And I think at that point, like the Vikings, first of all, just realized like, oh, we have to at least interview him for nine hours. And I'm sure at that point, Jim Jim Harbaugh wasn't showing up to uh, like he wasn't showing up to interview for three uh, for nine hours. He was showing up there to shake hands and like put a hat on and, you know, oh, wow, look at that. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how, how like if those NFL rumors ever really go away. And I think oh, I think Ryan Day will eventually have those rumors himself. Um I mean, he like, kind of already does. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I make well, Can I make a point about Harbaugh real quick in the NFL? Yes. Yeah. So, I was born in 2001. As you guys may know, Michigan was really good in 1997. That was over yeah. 20 years ago. Last year was their best year in two-plus decades. And even with that, 12-2, and two, playoff berth for the first time, won the, fir- won the first Big Ten title in I don't know how long. He wanted to leave. What does that say about the direction of that program? You know, he's come back this year and they're 11 and 0. And you can say whatever you want, but he wanted to leave. He wanted to go coach in the NFL and leave this team on the table, this exact team that is 11 and 0. And he has coached to 11 and 0. Now, albeit, I don't think they're as good as their record says. But that's just me, a little hatred in there. 11 and 0. So he wanted to leave this team. The quarterback he recruited, because he's the QB guy who's absolutely sucked shit so far. Yeah, <laughs> he wanted to leave this team, and Michigan fans are just like, "Oh, you know, we're glad you came back." No, you guys are not real fans. You're into academics, basketball, and field hockey, and you got the first taste of joy you've had in your lives as Michigan football fans. And you think you run shit? You don't. Sit down. I think. Down. I think. That, I think the quarterback whisperer thing is so interesting, man. Because again, like he was. I don't even he, know how he still has that rep. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it went out the door once, like, Cap kind of, like, left or, you know. I mean, he's, I don't know. It's, he's got more five-star quarterbacks in Michigan than Ryan Day does at Ohio State. And they are yeah, both they were nuts. both dog shit. Dog yeah, shit. Yeah, Shea Patterson was, like, the number one or number two uh, passer or rated quarterback. hang I mean, on I... the AAF, man. Like, <laughs> but, like, again, like, I don't know. Like, it, it, for, for me, it's always been a fundamental misalignment, too. I think, like, the way that they, you know, once J.J. took over – they stopped using him like JJ for a while and like they stopped having him be an athlete who can play quarterback. They wanted him to become essentially what Cade was for them the year before the guy it, who can it, hit the short passes and, and it, it didn't work. So and, that, the, and the thing I've noticed with, you know, when we, if you want to compare him and Cade, you know, Cade McNamara, he's not, you know, he's nothing special. You know, I do think it's very strange that he got hurt. You never saw him again. 
You know, he's not even on the sideline. I think that's very weird. You know, this kid, I mean, I know he's, you know, every Michigan fan wants him to go with the big talent, the big arm kid, you know, the five star. Uh, but I, I think it's, it's very strange that you, you just never see the, the guy who led them to the Big Ten championship. You yeah, know, I think it's a very I, I weird. That was, that was a really cold way of doing it, too. And like they knew the, what, what they were setting up. I think they had they had Cade start against Colorado State and then they had JJ start against it's Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. And Hawaii. Yep could not have a pulse in that game. Like they were nope. running verses. They were doing everything that they could to like get the, you know, the stadium was jammed and everybody was hyped and everything. Like, I, I don't know. Like, of course it's, it's football at the end of the day. Like whenever you've got a five-star behind you, it's going to be difficult to keep that person at bay. But like, again, yeah, like you said, like it's weird for him to just disappear and not be well, in I, the spotlight. I, I... You know, and then or, my other point was, you know, I watched Michigan like a lot last year and I downplayed their passing game. And I, you know, I said it was horrible and they don't really have any weapons and they still really don't. But Cade was able to hit a couple of them hard fake play action, you know, rocker step type uh, rollout, you know, stuff posts. He hit them and he hit them against us last year. And people really forget that. I mean, I, I tweeted this uh, last week that Roman Wilson I think Sanders Trill when he was still a receiver, and um, I uh, call it was I don't it was either Colin Johnson or that AJ Henning. They had five catches for a certain amount of yards. They averaged twenty-seven yards a catch. I mean, that is a pretty efficient way to move the ball between your receivers as you're also running for five and a half, six yards a carry. I mean, that's a hard offense stop, and you know that's what I think put it over the top in that game. I mean, that second half he had two passes for like 55 yards you know he he hit these deep these deep routes and I thought they did a really good job with that and they did a really good job game planning for our defense granted it wasn't hard to do that because we had the worst defense in school history besides 2018 but you know all they all they did was run the same plays that Oregon did you know they ran those powers they ran gap they ran the guards pulling and again just like the Oregon game the guard was pulling and there was nobody to block that's how bad our our that's how bad our yeah. run fits were. And, you know, but they also hit those deep passes and I, they just have not had the ability to either to, to hit those this year. And, you know, I, they're going to, they have to hit them on Saturday, especially if Corum is either not playing or limping, you know, they need everything they can get from McCarthy's legs. And I thought on Saturday, he looked uncomfortable at times running the football. He looked like he didn't know if he wanted to scramble or not. And that indecision is not going to, You'll get sacked or you'll throw a pick, you know, against Ohio State. Especially for a guy who last year was kind of like their gadget player. Like, yeah, he mm -hmm. came in as a quarterback, but he he came in to run the ball last year. Like, they'd run the option. They'd run counters with him. They'd run all sorts of designed QB run stuff. And this year, I remember seeing that a little bit early in the year, but it's like, what are you emptying the clip for against Colorado State? Why does that matter? Especially if you're in a battle with an unranked but albeit good Illinois team at home and your running backs out and you need somebody to step up running the ball because your two is also out and you have to rely on your three and four and you have a quarterback who's athletic and can move. Why aren't you doing that? Or, uh, you know, you say know some actually, of that for I, Ohio I State. Like, I, just, I, I just thought of this right now. You know, he might be in a, a Fields 2020 situation with McCarthy. Okay, let's say McCarthy. Who's their backup? Uh, I believe it's Alan Bowman, Texas Tech okay. transfer. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, nobody knows who nobody really knows much about him. He's probably not that good of a football player. I'm not going to hate on the guy, but, you know, he's probably not going to go and win the game if McCarthy gets hurt in Columbus. So maybe he's in that 2020 field situation where he's horrified of who he has. Well, who would we have? Chud's, uh, Chud or whatever his name was. Chug I mean, and, our uh, backups were bad. In what was the other guy's name? It was Chug and. Uh... Was his name like Shit. Garrett or something? I don't. It was like Gunner, think. Gunner or something. Oh, Gunner yeah. Hoke. It was it Gunner, Gunner Hoke. Gunner yeah. Hoke. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he's yeah, really scared of McCarthy getting hurt. And McCarthy had an injury, I think, a couple weeks ago. He had an injured finger, I think, against Nebraska or something. And I think he's just really nervous, maybe, about using his legs because he knows he has a zero behind him. Yeah. 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 Maybe. No, that that would that make could sense. Tell. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I want to ask one more question. Oh, sorry, Aaron. I'm 
Oh, you're good. I was just going to say, uh, like, I, I think, yeah, playing scared is a bad way to play football because that's how the injuries happen, right, is, is, is when, you're, when you're looking over your shoulder or when you're, uh, you're afraid something bad is going to happen. Again, like, that's what Ez and I had talked about, a, uh, you know, uh, a week ago. It's like, you know, y- you hate to see injuries, but, like, when you've got a guy like Blake Corum who has, like, you know, 23 carries a game or something like that, that, that shit adds up. Everybody's just banged up at this point, too. And, uh, I mean, clearly our running backs are. I think I think the injury thing is – look, okay, I get it. I I hope he's okay. I hope he doesn't lose any money. I hope he still gets drafted. He's obviously going to. He's a great running back. But how do you not have – I okay, I get it. Edwards, the two, is out. How do you ha- not have anything else on offense? Is Edwards State- right? Yeah, it's Edwards like Ohio State is li- lost the the best wide receiver in the country. Uh, like basically their entire their top four running backs coming in the top three, excuse me, running backs coming in the year. They're they're like relying on a true freshman to sort of make plays, and he's doing it. And that's what's impressive about Ohio State. It's like how is your offense completely dead on arrival as Michigan when one guy goes out? Like, and yeah, it's it's Hayden and a walk on Curtis Samuel, who, by the way, Xavier Johnson should get eight or ten touches. He should get more touches. I he's legitimately talented. I like. I don't Xavier Johnson podcast here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing that drove me nuts bad. on Saturday is that it took so long for Dallin Hayden to get into the flow of the game. Why was he forcing the ball to Henderson? I mean, I granted he got the ball in space and he scored on that play, but I think any running back could have. But I don't know. Okay, you if he's a little bit dinged, a little banged up, why doesn't Xavier Johnson touch the ball five times in the first half? Why doesn't Hayden get 10 carries? And then Henderson gets like maybe five or six. He had like, I think he had 11 or 12 for like 18 yards in the first half. Yep. Yeah. That's there was no much. reason for that volume. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I like, I I get it. Travion's your guy and, and like, and he did. He did score on the first drive, but he just clearly didn't have it. I, I my hunch would be for whatever. I I think his vision has always been sort of not his strong point, but I I think the injury combined with his natural, he's just been hesitant to hit a hole. And there were some mm-hmm. pretty, I should say, very egregious examples on Saturday of him just bouncing when he had a wide. Oh uh, yeah, there was the one on. I think it was a, a third and short, or was a, and he. There was the hole ready to hit for maybe eight yards, and he bounced it, lost two. And I was like, "This guy, there's something going on wrong in his head, and he he's not right, you know. And it's not fair to him to put him in that position." Right? Yeah. No, I agree. That's on the coach. Like, if, if a guy has shown you that, like, likely for health reasons, he just doesn't have it. Like, that's on the coaches at that point to just like go to a guy who clearly, like, he's he has it. Like, he's the hot hand. I'm sure, speaking of Hayden, I'm sure somebody out there has made this comparison. So if you did, and I, I'm forgetting to give you credit, I apologize. But he reminds me of Trey Sermon the way he's – like he's a tall guy and he's he's big, but he's not, you know, he's not Mayan and he's not uh, Trey. Like he's he's got a different build and he's quick. But the way, like John, you mentioned, he gets small and he can like kind of hide behind the line. But he's just really good at just running just running it's yeah. like you can tell when he's running there's just nothing he's thinking about like he's not seeking to he's not seeking to find contact like Mayan because Mayan runs like a bull but you know he'll run through an arm tackle you it take as you've seen it takes five or six guys to drag him down and maybe you don't even That's tackle a- him you just stop him so like the way he runs to me is like sermon if you remember that Clemson game and the Northwestern game like tacklers were were being shrugged off but he when he's running forward he's really good at like moving his hips and shimmying like getting out of the way. So, you know, it's, it's like a cat, like he's always just on his feet. So I think, you know, as you've mentioned, I don't think a lot of fans expected this from him, but boy, oh boy, has it been a delight. Yeah. I like that you brought up Trey because Trey ran with his shoulders going forward. Everything is going forward with Trey. There's never the heels don't stop there. He's never on his back feet. Like, uh Oh, there's no, there's no dancing. It's just, if there's a yard to get, and mine is like this too, but he's just not as gifted as Trey or Dallin Hayden, I think. And he and he makes himself small, which makes him so hard to tackle. I mean, it's it, he doesn't look like a true freshman. I mean, he's he's got some fucking uh, you know uh, big arms on him, and he's a big dude. 
You know, he yeah, doesn't he's look like, yeah. he's like 5'10", it, he, 205, I think, which is incredible. Yeah, and he is in, he's in physically imposing. Yeah. Uh, should we get into score picks? Yeah. Sure. For Jack I'm and down. Rob. Yeah. All right. What have you guys got? Rob, you can go ahead. Uh, I always, I always hate doing score picks because I, I just always, yeah, you don't yeah, want to blow up in your face. Evil. You don't want to be off. You don't want to downplay. But I think here, here's what I think. I think final score forty-one to twenty-four. God damn it! Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I just think, and I, I, I almost thought about going lower with Michigan score now that Corm's out, but I'm going to give them enough respect that they'll still be able to run the ball. But I, I really don't even think that I think a couple like maybe one of the touchdowns is going to be late. You know, after Ohio State goes up, this is just how I feel. Here's here's I'll give my reasons real quick. Michigan's played one road game. It's at a, one real road game and at Iowa. And they had they were in a dog fight with Iowa and they let Spencer Petrus, you know, throw for 250 yards, which might have might as well have been 550 yards. If you're thinking about Iowa's offense and. Illinois had guys open all game long and uh, they had two or no, they had one huge drop that was probably like a 40, 50 yard gain. If he catches it and runs, there was nobody there. And they had about three or four other drops. And I think there's a lot of play. Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, come along. I think Stover's going to have a big game. I think there's a lot to pick on in Michigan secondary. Nothing wows me with their. Well, even though actually I do like DJ Turner and I like Will Johnson, I think they're both good players, but maybe it's just that they're young and their safety play leaves a lot to be desired. There's going to be a lot to hit in the passing game. I think, you know, with the running game chugging along, if you, you any anytime you run for between 100, uh, you know, almost 200 yards, I think against Maryland, I think it was close. Might have been like 170. Uh, and then you ran for over 200 against Indiana at 150 at halftime. Your running game is is chugging along pretty well. And then I really think the road environment for McCarthy is just going to be really difficult. I think he's going to have a difficult time. And I think JTT and I think Sawyer had – what's Sawyer having the last two games? Three and a half sacks. I mean, he's having yep. – Zach Harrison had another impactful game. I mean, that dude turned into Miles Garrett at the end of uh, that Maryland game. And I don't think Michigan's going to be able to take advantage of our corners and situations like that as much as a Maryland would or teams down the line might be able to if we – you know, if they, you know, if my prediction comes true, you know, the linebackers are playing great and you're not going to have a quorum getting 35 touches. And even if he's playing, he's a guy, he, he reminds me a little bit of Dobbins as, as the game mm-hmm. goes on, he just wears on you and just the constant plugging away. He, his physical running just wears and wears and wears on you. And I think that the Michigan's going to have – they're just going to have a real hard time. I mean, people keep saying, oh, he's going to play, he's going to play. Well, I, I really don't care if he plays because you saw the way he was warming up in the Illinois game. He was hobbling, and he got that one carry, and he limped off the field, and it just didn't look good. So even if he does play, he might even be like a, it might even be like a waddle situation against Bama where he's almost like a decoy. But they don't have the, the, the horses or the quarterback to – make him a decoy so that actually i mean it's just going to be really hard for them it's a hard situation that michigan's in and that's why i think the way i do yeah jack similar similar to what rob said i'm going to go with 34 21 uh as much as i want to say the offense is going to put up you know mid to high 40s and that very well could happen i think they're going to they're going to struggle a little bit early and it's not going to be their fault you know mike morris is out i think so he's probably their best D lineman, but you know their D line is depth this year versus talent at the top. But I think Ryan Day is going to have Mike his Morris is banged up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I think I think oh, Ryan Day is going to yeah. have his, he's going to have his typical like what the fuck are you doing for two drives type play or type play calling. But I think in the end, thirty four twenty one. Some quick hitter predictions. Uh, Lathan Ransom. I'm going to. Uh, call him out specifically because he's had an unreal last two weeks. I think he actually comes down with a pick. I think we get into um, – I hope my prediction's wrong. I think we get into Mitch Rossi touchdown territory. Um, I think it's somewhat of an Emeka Ibuka redemption game. Not that he's been playing poorly. He's kind of become that that last resort safety valve for Stroud. But, you know, what he was doing earlier in the year was way better than what it is now, and what he's doing now is still good. So – 
I think uh, with the Michigan DBs, probably going to try to do their best covering Marv. I think he has he has Good a luck. day. And then I'll say um, I'll say three sacks for the D line, and then one between Tommy and Steele. Even if Tommy has two broken hands, he's still you know he's still going to go be Tommy. So yeah, that's my thoughts. I hope the Bucks win by a lot, but you know I don't. You're gonna make Tommy play with two forties taped to his hands. Yeah, you <laughs> like yeah, or clubs, you know, like uh, oh, Patrick speak- Willis back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I remember of that. Clubs. Speaking of clubs, I have heard uh, source will remain anonymous. Donovan Edwards broken bone in his hand. If he plays, maybe a cast or a club, which greatly affects him in the passing game, and that's what oh, I was just really about to say. Out. Yeah, he's so. a weapon for them catching the ball. Donovan Edwards, uh, yeah, I know the Michigan uh, fan fans aren't too thrilled with Donovan Edwards at the moment. Uh, had some choice words on uh, on Twitter, but he said he got hacked. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that we'll leave that. Thanks, guys. I actually, I actually saw him out outside Barclays yesterday for Kyrie's return. Isn't that? Crazy? Yeah, he was he there. Was there. <laughs> he was. That's why he was out on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with our next segment. Thank you so much, Jack and Rob, for coming on. And uh, go Bucks as always. Thanks, guys. Go, go Bucks. Guys. Yeah, thanks, boys. What's up, y'all? For our uh, third and final segment here, unfortunately, uh, Zach, a.k.a. Osama Bendabo, couldn't make it. A uh, bit of a tight schedule we were running. So uh, no no harm, no foul there. So uh, I'm just going to sort of give my own thoughts on the game and expound for a few minutes by myself before I uh, – Shoot it over to the closing segment between me and John. Um, I am a absolute nervous wreck of this game. I've been like thinking about it for weeks now, and and by weeks I mean that's been the amount of time I've been like thinking about it all day. It's been a year since I've been looking forward to this game, as I said earlier in this podcast. And I just think that this is like this is really what it all comes down to for Ohio State. Like you have to beat Michigan to. Uh, to attain your goals. And I, I think it's a game they're built to win. They should win. They're a better program than Michigan. They recruit better than Michigan. They've built a more modern football team than Michigan has. They have no excuse to not win this game. Um, and I don't think Ryan Day gets fired if they lose. I don't think that's really a possibility. I just I don't see that happening. But in my mind, I don't think you should get to lose to Michigan two times in a row as an Ohio State football coach. Um, with the type of infrastructure the program has and the national sort of reach it has and the way they're recruiting. And obviously Ryan Day gets credit for the way they're recruiting, but if you can't, or some of the credit, I should say, but if you can't put that into action and beat Michigan, then what what good is it all for? Um, that being said, however, I do think they will beat Michigan on Saturday. Um I think the Blake Corum injury is a serious blow to Michigan, just like the Jackson Smith and Jigba injury was to Ohio State early in the season, I should say. Um, I think those players are of similar talent and importance to their team, maybe less so with Ohio State because, uh, like I said earlier, the way they've recruited depth. But I don't think um, I don't think you get to give Michigan a break because they haven't recruited as well. I don't think they get like they get points for that. Um, regardless, uh, they, they have the talent to win this game. Um, I, I don't think Michigan's going to be particularly efficient moving the ball. Even if Blake Corm was fully healthy, I don't, I wouldn't see that happening and he won't be whether he plays or not. He's not going to be his full self. Um, more than likely I'd say. So all that said, I, I won't give my score pick here because that's in the closing segment. But I'm feeling good about Ohio State winning this game. Um, even if I think there'll be some weird things in the game that keep it from being a blowout, um, I, I think the Bucks are going to win. And I think they have to. I think this is a do-or-die game um, in the same way and probably even more so than the 2020 Clemson game was. Like, this is of that magnitude and higher, I'd say, because it's Michigan. As much as we all sort of hate losing to Clemson and won the Clemson money off our back, um, I think it's even more um, vital to not have a Michigan monkey on the back develop. I think that's the worst thing for this program. It does ir- uh, 
incalculable damage to the reputation of the football team. And I don't think the program can really survive as a national contender with that uh, present. And I, and for what it's worth, I don't think they'll allow that. Um, but we will all find out Saturday. Um, see y'all in the closing segment. I'm out. All right, guys, we are back to close out the episode. And finally, uh, after putting our guests on the spot, give our score picks. Um, should we just get right into it? I mean, I, I've got mine ready to go. Yeah, you, you go first, uh, and I'm sure I'm going to, you know, shock the world with mine. But uh, go for it. I am not feeling as confident as a lot of our guests. I am going to go a little bit more conservative and I would be happy to be extraordinarily wrong and have the Bucks destroy the Wolverines on Saturday. I am going to go 20 to 27. And I, I think I think Ohio State should win this game by more than that. And I, I don't necessarily think they'll ever feel in danger of losing. Um, I, I just think it'll be one where enough stuff goes weird. Like, for as much as we've ragged on J.J. McCarthy, maybe there's a play action where where Roman Wilson finds himself behind the defense and JJ makes an easy pass, which to be fair, he hasn't always done. But uh, I think Ohio State probably goes into the fourth quarter up 10 or so, and then maybe Michigan makes it a little, tiny bit closer late. Um, but that's just sort of how I'm feeling. I could definitely see uh, Ohio State blowing them out of the water, and I could also see them losing this game. Um, but so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with 20 to 27. I was going to go along that same line, right? The line's at seven and a half right now, which I feel like is a lot for two undefeated teams. Right. And uh, my brain goes back to the, the, the big game that they played the last time both teams were undefeated back in 06 and, and how that game kind of started out as a little bit of an Ohio state route. And then it got all of a sudden closer um, but I am going to say that there's a little bit more scoring that goes on. I think I'm going to go 31-24, and I think, like you said, right, I think it's going to be a situation where Ohio State's up by multiple scores entering the fourth quarter, and then you get, you know, some craziness happens. And like I said, like you said, sort of never really at um, never really at risk too much to lose the game, but just definitely a little squeaky um, and – Definitely not uh, something that you're going to feel super com- comfortable about. I like I said, like you said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope by the fourth quarter, we're not even, you know, it's it's we're barely paying attention to the game. We're we're on to other games, or we're we're you know having a beer, or just hanging. Hopefully, out. hopefully we're hopefully we're uh, yakking it up on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it, we'll just be posting the whole. Hopefully, we're collecting rents. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there will be rent to be collected if should Ohio State take care of business here. Um, but yeah, so that's those are our picks. Um, again, this was a fun episode, I think, for all of us. Good, good to keep up with uh, with all the the guests that we've had along the way, and we want to thank them again for for taking the time to meet with us and and, and talk with us. Um, and if this is something that you guys like, let us know. I mean. We'll we'll maybe go to this format, um, you know, as we we look to uh, the next few weeks into the bowl previews and stuff like that. Um, and you know, maybe we'll we'll float in a, a mailbag episode as well if you guys have questions. Just to hit, as always, hit me and as and uh, other than that, go Bucks. Yeah, Buck Michigan, go Bucks. Buck Michigan, go Bucks.